All right, so excited to be here today, to be in the house of the Lord. So excited to come together in unity today to worship God. This is our simple church setup. For those of you who haven't been here before, welcome to Hill City Church. This is our, yes, welcome, welcome. This is our simplistic setup that we do. We just kind of bring everything back in. We center ourselves back into the, the simple things, the, just the simple reconnection with God and um, not worrying about big sound, big lights, big stage, but just having this intimate time together where we can come together in unity and worship the one who made us and hear from uh, the word of God today. So everybody stand today. We're going to pray today. All right. God, I thank you. I thank you for breath today, for air in our lungs, God, that we're even standing here today, Lord Jesus, that you've given us another chance to live today, to reconnect to you, to reconnect to one another, God, and to live in love. God, I pray that you would just be with us today, that you would meet us here. God, that above all else, that you would be glorified today, that nothing else matters but you in this moment. God, we just, we focus on you. We center ourselves back to you today, God. I pray that your spirit would be here, that you would just move among your people today, God. The word says that you inhabit the praises of your people, God. We intend to fill this place with your praise, so meet us here in the midst of that. God, we just honor you, we thank you, we love you, and we give you all the praise. In the name of Jesus, I pray, amen, amen. Worthy is the king who conquered the grave. Worthy is the lamb. 
back to you, to have a relationship with you. We just come, Lord, humble before you today. We just want to seek your face today, Lord. Not because of what you do for us, God, but because of who you are. We just thank you, Jesus. We love you, God.
in your life today just declare that right now in this atmosphere a miracle this place, God. Pray for your Holy Spirit to be present. We know you are here, God. Church, just worship him right now for a minute. Just worship him with everything you have in your being. If this morning is a hard morning for you, would I just ch- can I just challenge you to reach out to God right now in a moment of desperation? Even the kids this morning, just, just say, God, I love you. God, I worship you this morning. You're real. You're tangible. We feel you in this place. God, speak to us, Lord. Speak to our hearts. 
Speak to our minds. Our minds. We love you. We love you. Thank you. Thank you. Amen. Amen. Can you guys just give God a hand? Amen. Amen. You guys can be seated. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. It's so cool to sit around and uh, sit around. <laughs> it's cool to, to, to just look at and watch the, the church worship. And I, I know you guys just feel it that, uh, oh man, that we get to come into this place and worship Almighty God. It's a blessing. So I um, hope you're all doing well on this beautiful last day of, of April. Um, who has a, uh, so I got to go to the mountains this weekend and. Um, who lives on the, do you, guys, do you guys know the difference between the north face and the south face of a mountain? And it's not just a clothing line, the north face. Um, there's the north face. But uh, I, uh, I, I, my house in my old neighborhood, uh, so the north face, especially in Colorado, is in, at this time of year is what? It's, you're all failing this quiz. <laughs> it's very snow and cold. Right, if you're driving up I-70, if you're driving west, you see the north face, like, man, that looks rough. And then you look at the south face, and it looks, it's completely barren, right? No snow, it's not cold. You're in Mississippi, so you don't really have snow there. So um, this is Candace's mom, well, visiting us from Mississippi. Um, we just have to clap for you, because you just, you're so cool. <laughs> I don't get claps, but that's okay. Um, the, but uh, does anybody have a house that faces north? Uh, when I get snow, do you like facing north with the snow? Oh, you do? <laughs> you have snow all winter. <laughs> yeah. You get that one snow and you see that neighbor like, oh, you know, your, your snow melts right away. And then the other, the neighbor across the street, you just laugh at him like, oh man, that must be rough. Um, but uh, I love facing south. Um, love facing south. And I was just thinking a little bit about sometimes in life we sit on the north face, don't we? Um, and we sit in the cold, we sit in the dark and we can see it, uh, but man, as we go through the message today, I just want to challenge you guys that there is a south face. There is a beautiful relationship. Um, this thing that we do called church, we don't do it just to be religious. We do it because we are in love with a Savior that saved us and in love with this life of peace and mercy and grace and all these beautiful things of following Jesus. And uh, that's where, what we're about at Hill City Church, um, being on that south face. So, welcome. My name is Paul. Uh, welcome to uh, what I like to call Circle Church. It's actually Simple Church. Um, hopefully, you guys dig in this. I think uh, it's, it's uh, we, we love being a family here. It's part of what we are. Um, and so, and I like to get up and talk and spin in circles. That makes it fun. Um, so, we're going to continue in our worship, but a few announcements. Uh, one is we have a bunch of kids in here. So, and. Um, the reason we do this is uh, we want to demonstrate and show our kids what it means to worship God. Um, that it's not you go to kids' church and we're in this church and maybe our maybe our spiritual lives will connect at some point. But we want to do this to be a family. Um, so, um, and I know all the parents love having all their kids with them, right? It's so easy. <laughs> um, but uh, just love. <laughs> there was a little sarcasm in there. Um, man, we, we just love doing this. Uh, we love showing our kids out of like what it means to worship. Uh, what it means to to really reach out to God um, on a Sunday morning. A um, couple quick announcements. Uh, marriage, where's Bobby and Christina? Bobby right there. Um, so marriage conference in three weeks from today. Sorry, retreat, not the conference, the retreat. So a marriage retreat uh, to get away um, from our beautiful kids, but our jobs, our challenges of life, whatever it may be. Uh, we say this a lot here, the best thing that you can give for your kids is a good marriage. Um, if your kids are out of the house, the best thing you can do is to invest in your marriage. Um, I'm at a different stage in my life, but at the end of the day, um, man, we are all about marriages. We're all about the investment in that institution. Um, so we have a retreat coming up in three weeks. If you want to uh, sign up for it, it's right outside these doors, um, and, and Bobby and Christine and the team will be out there. Um, there's also some uh, desperation. Uh, we got nachos today, so please go buy some nachos, donate some money, help kids get to Desperation Conference, which is in June. Uh, that is life-changing for our youth. Um, so five, ten, fifty, hundred dollars, whatever you want to get for nachos. Um, the uh, please donate. We're not we're not putting a tag on it. Minimum twenty bucks. I'm just trying to help them out. Um, but you know, just just give, uh, give give to the kids and, and give them a life changing experience. Uh, and then lastly, I feel like I'm missing something. 
Thank you. Growth Track. Last day for Growth Track. Growth Track is our, is our way for you to get involved at Hill City Church. It's our system to take that next step with us and to partner with us in this thing that we, we call Hill City Church. Um, and so Mark Mitchell and his wife Julie uh, lead that. They're right here. And uh, so it starts next Sunday. So this is the last chance to sign up. You can sign up on the app as well. Uh, we have an app for iOS and Android. Um, there's a sign up there as well. So enough of the announcements. Let's get on to something cooler than that. All right. You guys can come forward, and I'm going to pray for our offering, and we'll continue. And um, welcome, Pastor John. God, thank you for this morning. Thank you for your spirit. We get to worship you this morning. And God, I pray that, that right now, um, we haven't engaged yet, if we haven't been um, focused, Father, that right now, we create that appetite to hear more of your word and be changed today. We love you. We thank you. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 Good morning. I'm going to say it again. Let's see if the adults or the kids are louder in this good morning. Good morning. Oh, adults, you guys, you guys are going to have to work. One more time. Good morning. Oh, the kids are much better. I like their voices too. Uh, welcome to Hill City. My name is John. If this is you are new or new-ish, I'm just really glad that you guys are here and what we do here for this is actually we've been uh, studying the life of Jesus for 26 weeks now we are on part 26 of the book of Mark incredible right we believe yeah like give give Christ the hand right give Jesus a hand we really believe we want to know like the depth of who Jesus is not just the fun Jesus like not all the good stuff but the depth the things that challenge and uh, and confront our lives we don't want to just give you like uh, homeboy Jesus happy Jesus we want to give you the, all of him because we believe like his life and his teachings affect all of our lives and I want you to hear about Jesus like you heard him for the very first time and so my goal every week is to encounter Jesus of the Bible his life his mission and what is our response when we hear when we know when we experience about this Jesus that's like the most important thing our response to him and, and, and so if you're new, that's, that's what we're about. We're, we, we, we say we, we are uh, wanting to encounter Jesus and then make disciples. Those are the only things that we, the main things. We're about a lot of things, but those are the main vision, the main thing that we're about. So thank you for being here. Just honored you're here. If you're new, please check us out at the guest center if, for any additional information. And, um, and we're ready to go. I, I'm, I built this message for the kids and for the adults and so it was different it was different it was really really fun and more uh I, hopefully it's more engaging they're like i hope so too right so we're gonna get a turn to mark chapter 10. kids we celebrate the word of god so anytime we talk about what we're gonna read we celebrate the word of god so that's why we clapped here so please turn your bibles there today's uh passage jesus is actually speaking to both children and to adults pretty crazy that we're on this stream of messages and we're not we're not stopping we're on mark chapter 10 and jesus is actually speaking to both children and adults on the perfect moment right and and so i'm going to start reading uh please flip there they, a lot of the kids they have their own bibles now and they're reading with you know that some of these kids they uh, know the lord's prayer and they've memorized it they got prizes for it and uh and they what the prize was not candy but it was a bible and it's it's interesting because my kids got a Bible at um, the memorizing the Lord's Prayer, and it's like very important to them, right? They read it and they keep it sacred. And I remember my son Micah; he was like, "Oh, I forgot my Bible last week," and it was so important for him to have it uh, because it's the Word of God. We're teaching him that way how important the Word of God is, and uh, I'm just really excited, just really excited. And and so we're in Mark 10, and I'm gonna start reading and. Uh, and it says, And they, the mothers and fathers, were bringing their children to Jesus that he might lay their hands on them and bless them. And the disciples rebuked the children coming forward. A rebuke just means uh, just try to correct them, try to stop them, right? 
verse 14, but when Jesus saw it, he was indignant. And indignant was Jesus got really mad when the adult disciples were trying to stop the kids from getting to Jesus. And so he's, Jesus gets him upset and he says, leave them alone. Let the children come to me and do not stop them for such belongs the kingdom of God. And these disciples thought, and that many times we think, oh, that's kids church. This is, you know, this is church church. No, this, the kids are not the future of the church. I, we say the kids are the church right now. They minister right now. They speak to their friends right now. They're learning about Jesus right now. They're teaching us about Jesus right now. There's no, there's no kids' church and church church. We are the church of Jesus Christ, all of us, kids included, youth included. We're all included into this. And so he, he says here, he says, no way. Their children are not a distraction. They're not secondary. Uh, Jesus gets upset that the disciples are pushing the children away. And then he says, and he says, just the children are, are as important as adults, so bring them to me. Bring the whole family over here, which was not custom during that time. The custom was to focus on the adults because the adults had whatever, right? But Jesus was like, no, no, no. Theirs, theirs is the kingdom of God. They understand me more than you understand me. And when the adults were like, I don't, I don't think so. I, I know a lot. And the kids, it, you, kids, you understand God a lot uh, really deep way don't let anyone tell you that uh, we're we know god way more you know god just as much you know god it says yours is the kingdom of god then verse 15 it says this truly i say to you whoever does not receive the kingdom of god like a child say like a child like oh i didn't hear any kids say it like a child oh beautiful voices shall not enter it and he took them into his arms and he blessed them and laid his hands on them. See, I love the words like a child because the faith of a child is amazing, right? Some of us, we, we have these faiths. Yeah, you like that picture? Yeah, the faith of a child is amazing. They have amazing strength in their faith. They believe nothing is impossible. Their faith is fresh, it's innocent, and they see life with this whole, like this wide, you know, wide-eye wonder that, you know, many of us maybe we used to see with that sort of faith, but the busyness of life and, this, and, and, and the stresses of life change some of the adults' way of thinking and believing, but children, they believe, God, that all things are possible. And they don't just tweet about it or wear T-shirts about it. They actually, they never wear T-shirts about it. I like it because kids don't wear Christian shirts. Right? I wear, I'm wearing my Christian shirt here representing the Urban Outreach here. Uh, right? So if you need a place uh, to volunteer, a place to serve, a place to give, this is perfect. I'm going to wear this here and there. And uh, we love Jamie and Isaac and the family, but we believe in this ministry uh, we believe in urban outreach. They go into five points. They feed the homeless. They disciple those who are far from God. It is uh, God's hand at Five Points Denver. And I, I want you guys to be a part of it. Take time to sacrifice. Not when it's convenient. Convenience, convenience faith is, is cheap. I want, it to, I want it to be weighty. It to cost us something so you know what you're getting into, right? Let it cost you. Let it cost you to reach people, to love people where they're at. Amen? That's my, that's my little, right there, Jamie, right there, all right? But I'm going to go right there to verse 17. And as he, Jesus, was set, setting out on his journey, a man ran and knelt before him. And he said, good teacher, what must I do to inherit eternal life? Did you like that voice? And Jesus said to him, why do you call me good teacher? That's my Jesus voice. No one, ex no one is good except God alone. And Jesus is questioning his motives, his intentions. And this is a really bad start. If you're going to ask, there's two major questions that go on in this passage. But this is a bad question to ask Jesus, right? He says, what must I do? What am I going to do to inherit eternal life, right? What am I going to do? This is the wrong question. The man is saying, what can I do? What, uh, what, how can I earn salvation? How can I be good enough? And Jesus is like, listen, none of us can earn God's love. And he knows that. Jesus doesn't say anything. He holds back. The, the truth is we cannot be good enough to earn God's love. And, and many of us try and we get there trying to earn God's love. And when you're trying to earn God's love and you're trying to be good and doing good, you get to a place, you're like, then you owe me, God. You owe me. I did some good stuff. 
Jamie and Isaac moved into Denver and helped at five points. I'm doing some good stuff. You owe me, God. And we can, we can get to places like that. Uh, uh, me, Candace, we, we've been doing ministry for whatever amount of years. You owe me now. We've been good. And then you get the wrong mentality like, you, like God owes us. And I will tell you something, kids and adults, God doesn't owe you anything. God doesn't owe you his love. He wants to give you his love. It's very different. But this guy comes to Jesus and he says, what can I do? What can I do to earn eternal life? And so he's way off. Wrong question. And kids, your, your parents love you, right? I hope you say yes. Not right now because I can't be on electronics, right? But your parents love you. Why? Because you're their kids. That's it. Your parents love you because you're their kids, not because of what you do or the grades you bring home. I mean, they want you to do your best. So they do say, hey, man, work harder, do harder here. They want to do your best, but they, you are accepted by your parents because you are their children, by their love for you, you know, right? You are accepted. But our doings and as children, are, what we do is just a response back to them saying, you know what, I'm going to obey you. I believe you. I trust you. I trust you. I respect you. I want to please the parent, right, and as their child. So now God's love is because he loves us as his children. Our doings, our obedience doesn't earn more God's love for you. It solidifies our response back to God. Our love for God, wanting to please God, our, our loving God, it, our response is understanding salvation, guys. When there was no response back to God for his love for us, then you don't get it yet. Because we don't understand how big God's love is for us yet. And we're trying to still earn it. And God's like, no, 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 you can't earn it. I love you because I love you. No, you love Emmy because you love her. And you, even when you think about her, it brings like, like a joy into your heart. You know what? God has placed such a powerful parental love. And God says he is our father. And there is a powerful parental love for us. And kids, that's why your parents love you. Not because of anything you can do. Because they love you. They just love you. So kids and adults, have you ever said something? Uh, have you ever been nice to your parents because you can get something out of them? Have you ever done that? You're like, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to wash the dishes and then, and then they'll know. I can get something out of them. Have you ever done that before? I know husbands and wives, we do that all the time. <laughs> hey, just throw it out there, right? But have you ever done something for a boss or a wife or a dad for something in return? Like, mommy, you look so nice today. Can we go to Wendy's? Or can I go to Wendy's house, right? Can we get a Frosty? Or like, mom, you are, you are the best mom ever. Can I eat some candy, right? There's something, there's always intention behind it. Dad, I just did the dishes. Can I play two more hours of electronics? So we, there's this like, I'm going to be nice so you can be nice to me. There's this thing that we do. And this is what the rich young ruler is doing, kids. This is what he's doing. He's trying to do this to Jesus. And Jesus, he knows it. You ain't fooling Jesus. And kids, you're not fooling your parents. They know. They know when you're a sneaky sneak, right? And, and so this uh, the rich young ruler, this guy, he's trying to do this to Jesus, setting him up. And Jesus already knows, but he plays along. In verse 19, he says, You know the commandments. Do not murder. Do not commit adultery. Do not steal. Do not bear false witness. That means lie. Do not defraud. More lying. Honor your father and mother. And he said to Jesus, Teacher, all these things I have kept from my youth. So he's lying right away right? Because no one keeps all of this. It's not true. We're not perfect. No one is. Maybe according to our own standards, we feel good enough. We're feeling like we're good. We're better than other people. But to God's standards, we, we're just not good enough for his holiness. And then verse 21, and I love, this is my favorite verse out of the whole passage. Jesus looking at him, loved him. Jesus looking at him, loved him. Just remember that. This is, the, this is the whole crux of this whole passage. This is the main point of this passage. Jesus looked at him, John, and he, he looked at him like a child and he loved him even though he was asking the wrong questions, even though he was like trying to brag on himself. I learned a word called humble brag. I didn't know that was a word, but he was humble bragging on himself like, you know, I do good stuff. 
uh, you know, I, I'm really, you know, I do everything right. Uh, but, you know, I'm, I'm not, you know, I, I do it for the Lord. You know, whatever, he's bragging, right? And, and so this is what he's doing. And, 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 and verse 21, Jesus looked at him and loved him. And this is a huge understanding because a lot of times we think when God comes hard at us, we think that he doesn't love us. We think when God, man, brings struggles or suffering or hardships into our life, we think that's not of God, that why aren't you loving me, God? Why aren't you loving me, God? And, there's, and just think of it this way, parents and kids. Sometimes your parents, man, they, they give you they, they discipline you, right? They correct you. They give you things that you have to clean around the house. I hope they do. Or, you know, and they, they put some hard, harder things into your life. Not because they don't like you. Not because they're mad at you. But because they love you. Because they are thinking of developing you. And it, and it goes on. Jesus looked at him and loved him. Jesus was not trying to belittle this man, but he loves this man so much that he's willing to give him tough love, even if it hurts, because he loves him. Jesus loves him so much, he's willing to tell him the truth. And that discipline is discipleship. Parents, you love your kids so much that you correct them, that you discipline them, even though it's hard because you love them so much. And God does the same thing. He loves you so much. Verse 21, and Jesus looking at him, loved him and said to him, you lack one thing and a, a sin that is so hard to see within ourselves. This rich young ruler is dealing with a sin that is so hard to see within ourselves. So Jesus acts as a spiritual mirror into his life, and he reflects back. And this is what Jesus says, right? Go sell everything you have and give it to the poor, and you will receive treasure in heaven and come and follow me. He's saying, I need you to switch what you treasure most to what you love and what you love most. In verse 22, disheartened by this saying, he went away sorrowful because he had a lot of money. He had a lot of things, and Jesus looked around at the disciples and he said these words, and this is hard. Listen to these words, because this is for us too. How difficult it will be for those who have wealth, so many things to enter the kingdom of God. And then the disciples were amazed at these words. And Jesus said to them again, children, and he's talking to the children and the disciples, how difficult is it to enter the kingdom of God? It's easier than he makes a joke, which is pretty crazy, because Jesus makes very, you know, these jokes here. So he had... Uh, my kind of humor. It's easier for a camel to go through an eye of a needle than for a rich person to enter the kingdom of God. I was like, cold-blooded. <laughs> I mean, what kind of joke is that after this guy leaves disheartened? Jesus is like, I got, a, I got a corny joke for you. It's easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for a rich man to go to the kingdom of God. And then we're like, and it's funny because immediately we throw this off. We're like, yeah, he's talking about those people, right? When, he, when, when, uh, when Jesus talks to a group of people, we always say it's them. No, he's talking about all of us. We're Americans, man. We're Americans. We have plenty that take our focus off Christ. And so when he's saying this, I, I need to internalize this because he's talking to me. And he's talking to our children because we have so much. Uh, does your kids have boxes of toys for the parents? Just boxes, rooms rooms of toys we in our house we have toys upstairs we have a toy bin upstairs we have a toy bin in the middle and a toy bin downstairs bad parents <laughs> no it's kidding we're good we're pretty good parents right do you have to say us <laughs> he said so so i need to work on my parenting this is my honest kid my my oldest kid would have been like this right this is my honest kid sometimes right but we have toys upstairs in the middle and downstairs Jeez. Someone take this kid out of here. That's kidding. We have a lot of toys, and, and, and we have a lot of things. And then, and then it's funny because we always say things like this. We don't have toys like those people, right? We don't have things like those people. There's always those people. We always compare up, right? And we don't compare down. We always think that, oh, we, there needs to, we need to have just a little bit more. But Jesus today is speaking to every one of us, every kid in this room, every adult in this room, Jesus is speaking to us. Jesus is really trying to show us it is, it is impossible for us to save ourselves. 
to earn God's love, to earn God's forgiveness like a camel through an eye of a needle. Verse 26, and they were astonished. They were shocked and said to them, and this is the right question. Because the wrong question is, what can I do to inherit the kingdom of God? The right question is right here. It says this, and he, they, and he said, then who can be saved? Who can be saved, God? Who can inherit the kingdom of God? And, and, and this is finally the right question. If you can do it, who can, he's saying, who could save us? How can I be forgiven? How can I be right with God? Who can be saved, Jesus? And Jesus looked at him with a smile. I see this in my head. He's smiling and said, with man, it is impossible. But with God, with your God, for all things are possible with God. Meaning you can't save yourself, but listen, with God and in God, all things are possible. Only God can save you. And today, there's two ways to respond to God. There's two ways. There's the rich young ruler's response, and, 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 and I, this is how we, we responded. He says, what can I do? What is the thing I lack? And then he's disheartened and he leaves, right? People think that I'm demanding, honestly. People are like, John is demanding. He wants me to serve, and he wants me to, to serve in the nursery, to serve in children's, and to do, you know, get into greeting. John, you're being too demanding, right? I mean, I, I'm like asking you to support the nursery. I mean, they are your kids, right? Like, you're like, I don't know, all right? Some people are like, oh, yeah, it's my time off. I drop them off and I go to Starbucks for an hour, then I come back at the end, right? But they are your children, and you are the greatest influence in their life. At the end of the day, at the end of the day, you, for your children, moms and dads and grandmas and grandpas and uncles and aunts, you will, will always be the greatest influence in their lives. They take their cues from you. And if, you, and you, if you're the greatest influence in life and faith, uh, I want you to also support the vision here. Support the vision here. Be a part of it. Man, what you're doing is serving the body of Christ here. And, and, and I want to say this. Like, be glad. You know, they, people say I'm demanding, but be glad Jesus isn't your pastor. But wait, he is. Right? What would he ask from us? On paper, this guy has everything we want. He's rich, he's young, and he's a ruler. He's famous, he's powerful. He has wealth, he's young, he's famous, he had it all. Yet Jesus says to him, and if he says to Jesus, what am I missing? There has to be more than this. He's still searching. He has everything that we think that someone desires and needs in this society, in this culture. Yet he's still searching and he's saying, what else, God? What must I do? What is there? And he's still unfulfilled. The soul is made for God. I just want to put it out there. Your soul is made for God. It cannot be fulfilled with everything this rich young ruler has. It still will not be fulfilled. And listen, I believe what he is missing is what many of us are missing in our lives. We see the outside, but Jesus is looking at the heart. And Jesus knew for this rich young ruler, he was enslaved to his riches. He was enslaved to his fame. He was enslaved to his power, his security. Some of these things are we are enslaved. His value was found in what he could, what he had in his hands. That's my value. And, and, and he, his, he did not have God even though he followed all the rules of God. This is huge. You can follow all the rules of God and still miss God. You could, you could be good but still not have a relationship with God. And if he did not let go of his things, if he did not let go of the things that owned him, one day he would turn from God to never walk back to him. And so Jesus came hardcore. Think about it. Think about this. Think about the opportunity he missed. We always say, man, he had to give up a lot. But this dude could have been the 13th disciple. This dude could have changed the world with the other disciples. Think about that. If you're going to miss an opportunity of a lifetime, he looked at his stuff and he said, this was worth more. He could have been the other disciple. I'm like, whoo. He could have spent years with Jesus, empowered by Jesus, teaching face to face with God. But he decided that day, no. No, I like my life the way it is. It's crazy we think he had to give up. He had to miss out so much. But the truth is he missed out on a moment with God because he was so focused on what he already had and that he couldn't give away what he had.
So I have an activity for most of us, for all of us, kids included. I want you to do something with me. I want you on three to take the deepest breath that you can, okay? One, two, three. Deep breath and hold it. Hold it. Hold it. Now take another deep breath. And you take one more deep breath. I can't take any breath. Let it out or you're going to die. Kids, did you try to take another breath after you had a big breath in, in your lungs? Did you get any? None. 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 Oh, yeah, Eric, he, he has three lungs. He has three lungs. But without letting go of the air that's in your lung already, kids, you can't take in another breath, right? Without letting go of something, you can't take in another breath. And then this is so true. Jesus is telling us that we have to let go of the air that we have so that we can take in the air of God that he's wanting to give us. We cannot receive what God has for us until we let go of whatever has our first allegiance, has the air that we're holding on to, your first priority. What is your treasure? What is your first love? And Jesus is telling this rich young ruler, until you let go of what holds your heart, you won't have room to accept God in your life. And I think a lot of times we run into this. What are you holding on to that's actually holding you down? What are you holding on to that we're actually at asking it to be our salvation? Your value, identity, your worth, your friends, your money, your work, your work, your pride, even religion, where we think God loves me because I'm good, not because God loves me because he's good. That's the right way of seeing God. So listen, if we don't deal with things now, one day we will choose them over God. One day, it could cause us to walk away. And this is very serious. Jesus knows this. What is keeping you from Jesus? Ask yourself, what is keeping you from Jesus? Don't let this moment pass. That was the rich young ruler's response. Number two, this is the disciples' response. Mark 10, 27, 31, Jesus looked at them and said, with man, it is impossible, but for God, all things are possible. Then she, uh, then Peter said to him, see, we have nothing left. We, we gave up everything to follow you. And when you asked us to follow you, we did it, even though it was hard, even though it was uncomfortable, even though most people won't do it. And then Jesus said in verse 29, truly, I say to you, there is no one who has left house, brother, sister, mother, father, children, lands for my sake, for the gospel, who will not receive hundredfold in this time, houses, brothers, sisters, mothers, children, lands with persecution. And he's saying hardships are coming too. He's saying you're going to receive a hundredfold plus some suffering. Awesome. You know, we, we don't like to say that, but he says in this age to come and eternal life, verse 31, for many who are first will be last and the last will become first. And Jesus is saying either Jesus is Lord of all or he's not Lord at all. That's what he's saying. There could be no middle ground in first allegiance. You cannot read your Bible and come to the conclusion that Jesus just wants us to come to church and wear Christian shirts and say, yes, brother, all the time. You know, that's not the conclusion we come to when we read this Bible. There's so much more. It's not just about listening to some Korean pastor talk about some Jewish pastor. You know what I'm saying? There's so much more than that. He's not calling us to live just normal American Christian life. Jesus loves us far too much to ask for anything less than all of you for all of him. All of you for all of him. Because that's what your soul really, really wants. You don't know it yet, but he does. He does. He really, he knows that's what you need. You just don't know it. You're afraid of giving all. And he's saying you go, that's the only way. The gospel costs us nothing, but it demands everything. You can't have it both ways. You can't have Jesus and the normal Christian life. It doesn't work that way. And today, Jesus is looking at you and me and our children and all the kids in this room, and he loves you. He's smiling, and he loves you in our messiness, in our sinfulness, in our confusion, in our normal Christian life but he doesn't want us to stay there. Jesus loves you just the way you are, but he refuses you. He does he refuses to leave you the way you are. If you're if you're going to grow in your walk, you must be willing to allow 
God to change you, God to confront you more and more like him. Today, what's keeping you from Jesus? Let's stand. As the guys are going to get the communion ready, I want you parents to help your kids or adults around these kids to lead, you know, to lead these kids in the communion. And the communion just represents Jesus. Represents his life, his sacrifice, his love, and then it represents our life, our sacrifice, our love. It is a reflection of what God wants to do in us. He's following Jesus. And I, I want you guys to do this with your family. So you guys can just start passing that out. Yeah, if you guys, some people can help as well. Jen, can you play a song for me? Jesus is speaking to us today in this room and I hope the confrontation is a confrontation of love Jesus was betrayed. Do we have everything in our hands? Everyone have one? Okay. On the night Jesus was betrayed, he took bread and he broke it. And I always break it in my hand with my fingers like this. And then he said, this is my body that was broken for you. And he looked at his disciples and they didn't understand it yet. And he says, do this in remembrance of me. Let's take the bread together.
on that same night, he took the cup and he said, this is the cup of the new covenant that was spilled for you. This is my blood that was spilled for you. And he said, it represents the cross that is going to come. It represents that I'm going to cleanse you clean. And he says in that moment, do this in remembrance of me. Let's take the cup together. Heavenly Father, we thank you for our children. We thank you for this moment. We thank you for your body and your sacrifice, your blood that cleanses us clean. It is just mean that you had to sacrifice so that we could be clean. Lord God, I pray, Lord, for our children that they, through our lives as parents, get a representation of Christ, that we can lead them, we disciple them, we love them. We thank you. In Jesus' name we pray. And everyone said... All right, God bless you guys. Thank you for being here. Greet one another. Man, th thank your kids for being here as guests of honor. Man, we love it. God bless you guys.